It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. We're back once again Thursday night. Chris, could you close that door? Oh, yeah. I'm Tom Robinson. I'm a grateful recovering addict. It's me that left it open, by the way. Sorry, everybody. Um, And um, like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program. I say that so that they are. Everyone knows that they're not responsible for anything that happens here. Yes, these are opinions. My name is Chris Mandeville. I'm a recovering heroin addict, or recovered, or whatever you want to say. However you want to say it, I don't shoot dope anymore. Heroin to Hagen does, and it doesn't own me. Yeah, heroin to Hagen does. Howie Piper, what's up, kid? What's um, up, kid? So we are here at a New Way Recovery Center in we are. Quincy, Mass on Quincy Ave. They are gracious enough to let us. Uh, use this facility to provide you with this podcast, and they have done so for over the past two years. Yeah, we're going into um, the third year. So, what's up, Seth? Um, so, we got a repeat guest. He had a like a five or ten minute. I had a, uh, a little brief, stint, a little stint over at uh, when we broadcasted from Recovery Rocks, Recovery Rocks. over at uh, Bowman Marine in Situate. That was a warm up. Um, and he's had the fever ever since. Fever. Really he, hit, he hit me up, and the he, only cure he said something the other day. I'm podcast ready. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're gonna have him share his experience with you guys of how he got where he's at, what yeah. worked, what didn't. You need some help, there, yeah. kid. I gotta have I got more you. cowbell. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Kid can't even take his coat off, but he's staying sober. Yes, take that coat and stay sober (laughs) with it. All right, all right, all right. So we're gonna. uh, Is there anything else? Yes. Yeah. Lolterms.com. Dot com. Like, subscribe, share, share this podcast now. See that little button down in the corner, the little arrow. Hit that. Yeah, please share it. And if you're on YouTube, you can hit the like. Yeah, we're on YouTube too. Yeah. Um, at a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's all on the angle of the dangle. Um, <laughs> easy, easy, easy. So, all right, Ryan, what's your story, Morning Glory? Story. Um, I had a, a, about a 20-page script uh, that I had, and I, I was bringing it with me, and I was reciting lines in the parking lot. <laughs> I bet I, you were. I actually ripped it into a 1,000 pieces. I bet you were. No, and, we, we uh, says right I on the prayed, I prayed uh, that God would give me the strength and uh, hopefully uh, voice his will this evening, this, this, not anything that I anytime you sp- Anytime you speak, there's three stories. The one you want to say, the one that comes out, and the one you wish you said after you sit down. <laughs> but That's a good one. You just do speak from your heart, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's all. You talk yeah. when I when I share there's a few key things that I like to mention. Sure. And everything else is like I, I have no idea what's gonna come out. Yeah. You know? So Yeah, you were let there. It rip. Just tell the story. You yeah. were there, man. You let were there. it rip, man. All right. Um, you know, I, I don't think that um, I, I've been running uh, commitment every Monday night at uh, Brockton High Point. And um, what a gift it is to start my Mondays um, going into a detox. Um, mm. and, and, and not only sharing. Remember people, when? Yeah. You all remember when. Yeah. Uh, right. The, might be keeping me sober. Yeah. Um, sure. and, and being able to share. Um, not only experience strength and hope, um, but but actually a way out. Um, Bill W. and Dr. Bob formulated a program many, 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 many moons ago. Um, an old-timey era of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous when alcoholics were in the shadows and they would um, you know, have these secret meetings and uh, you had to have a card to get in and all this stuff. And, you know, there was so much stigmatism back then to alcoholism. Um, you know, things have changed today. And um, what we're facing is uh, today that the alcoholism is still rampant as, as it, it always has been. Mm. And I use alcoholism as, as a very broad term. Stigmatism, uh, I think, is a disease of the eye. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's an astigmatism. Um, oh, sorry. So, so with alcoholism, what what I'm uh, I'm actually talking about is is encompassing all mind altering um, or mood what up, uh, substances. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, if you're like myself and you are uh, an opiate addict, um, you have alcoholic tendencies. Um, Absolutely. Mm. You know, and uh, so I go into these commitments on Monday night, and um, I I share with um, the 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 clients and the people that are in detox um, a way out. Um, I remember when I was a, uh, a a younger younger than a younger version of myself, mm. uh, twenty four years old, um, and I was stipulated uh, by the judge. Uh, I had to go into the courtroom. And, uh, you know, hear the clerk say, all rise, and the judge gets up there and, you know, you uh, you atone for your uh, uh, charges that you get. And um, so, you know, you're not- you, so you're saying you were an honor student? I, yeah. Yes, Your Honor. Yes. No, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. No, Your Honor. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so uh, stipulated uh, OUI, and uh, I was all screwed up on some type of prescription drugs, and I really believed I was sober. But the police officer said, uh, you know, I wasn't. I hated the police officer, hated the D- clerk. DUI hated the judge. drugs? D- yeah, yeah, they tried to say something. I, I, I don't know. but yeah. So more or less, uh, this came down to the judge saying 90 means in 90 days, um, you know, uh, see a PO, clean urines, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And I remember mm. going into AA at 24 and... No way, <laughs> you know. Looking at that um, that list of the stuff, I ain't like these people. Oh yeah, I know. There's right. some sixty year old guy in the corner, and he's got a cane. Were they still smoking? You know, no, no, <laughs> they weren't still smoking. But you know, and, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, you know the 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 AA cliches going around the room. You know, hold your seat, uh, shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot for midnight. And I'm sitting there going, I, I'm I'm the guy that's going to crush up an 80 and go in the bathroom. I don't know what they put the plug in the jug. I I'm, I don't understand any of this lingo. Hmm. Um, and my problem was at the time, uh, not only did I not have the willingness, um, but I did not have the openness to understand that there really is not much difference between a hardcore drinker and a hardcore opiate addict. They, well, alcohol is a drug. I mean, there's no there's no saying it's not. Is it because it's legal that it's not, or is it because it's liquid that it's not? Like, what is the reasoning behind saying alcohol is not a drug? Well, I, I think there I is think no this, reasoning that it, makes any sense. And uh, to answer your question or, or, or your statement or, or to, into, to, to, I guess, add to that, um, more or less would be, you know, at the time, at 24 years old, which was, um, you know, what, 90, 2000? Or 90-something. I don't know, the late 90s, anyway. And, um, you know, the, the stigmatism between, you know, I, I go to work and, you know, I go home and drink. Versus someone that goes, you know, uh, goes to work or or has to crush up a pill before they go to work. Like like the alcoholic or, or, or the the heavy drinker thinks that they are better than someone because uh, they compare. So there was like this tension in the room where I felt as though you know I was I was like these people. I related to them in every single way, except for like they felt like, or at least I felt like they felt. I didn't talk to them about this matter at the mm. time, but it seemed like a lot of alcoholics didn't want you talking about drugs, even oh, yeah. if it was marijuana For back sure. then. Sure, yeah, back then, yeah, you know. And sure. um, so, so it really turned me off from AA. So I had that um, experience where I, I I felt as though NA would have had me making drug connections, and like I would have been walking home with like uh, you know pills in my pocket or something. And, you know, so I was scared to go to these NA meetings. And I'm not saying that they're all like that because they're not. But this was my fear at the time. Everything's fear-based, as you know. Yeah. And um, yep. so I, um, I, I, on top of having this experience um, where, you know, I was frightened and fearful um, because I, I felt like everybody was comparing themselves if, if I had brought up the fact I was an opiate addict. Mm. Um, and then... So you felt alone. And, um, and, 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 I, and at the time... That may have been an issue. I, I, I've been to meetings where, you know, 
Yeah, my, that's my buddy start, was talking about heroin, and they start flicking the lights. That's he was like, he "You might as well shut them off because it's my story." You know, like right. it, it. I think I think times have changed now. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that I I I don't respect the the traditions because I do. Mm-hmm. I I try to keep the focus on alcohol, but mm-hmm. you know, yes, it was the catalyst to to many of the you know times that I did what I did, but. You know, what brought me down was opiates. But you know? to answer this, how did you feel? You felt alone? You felt uh, not a part of? You felt hopeless, no? How, you t- I, I, you felt, I felt hopeless. I, I felt not only between a rock and a hard place. The, the court was forcing me to go there. Mm. My, you know, my family is like, you're kicked out of the house. If, if you don't go there and you, you know, you screw up, we don't want you here. Um, the judge was making me go there. And then once I got there, I was like, these people don't want me here. Mm, and then I thought wow. if I went to AA, I mean, NA, that I was screwed because I was going to make drug connections. Wow. And and this was my, my feeling at the time. Yep. And, you know, on top of that, the fear of looking at that list of steps, you know, uh, step four, uh, searching and moral, fearless, uh, a fearless searching and moral inventory um, of our conduct. And... Um, I was scared to death of that. And then share that with another alcoholic? Yeah, like, right. Come on, that's not going to happen. <clears throat> and, you know, further down the list, um, you know, whenever, you know, these people, you know, uh, come into your life or you, you seek them out without them, you know, you, you hurting them, um, you're supposed to make an amends to these people, uh, major amends and uh, people that, you know, you've harmed and wronged and resented for decades. Um, I wasn't. I, I just, I, yeah, I was, I was scared. So, let's back up. Mm-hmm. How did you get started on that path? With what? Drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. That's, Wait, like, where'd you grow well, up? Like, I grew, I grew up in uh, Melrose, Massachusetts, uh, up on the North Shore, and um, you know, I grew up in what was a seemingly normal, um, you know. Uh, family that was uh, an AA, they call it the CIA, uh, Catholic, Irish, and alcoholic. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, Dude, that's, I, I've, been, I've been around a while. I never heard that one. So I, I, grew, up, that I one. grew up with a uh, mother and CIA. father that were in the CIA. And, um, you know, <laughs> my, my, fr- like, you know, I, I learned a lot of these crazy, like, toxic lessons growing up. And it was like work hard, play hard. You know, yeah. and the problem with Ryan was Ryan only hit, heard play hard. You know what right. I mean? Mm. And uh, there was some other lessons that went along with that. Like, whatever happens in this house doesn't leave, you know, the walls oh, yeah. of this house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and not only to protect the family, but, you know, uh, word of, you know, the, the drinking and the partying and the cocaine and, and the stuff that was going on at my house growing up. Um, would get around the neighborhood and, you know, who knows? I mean, the police could show up at the front door and, and if that, that's not the worst of it, you know, every neighbor is going to be, you mm. know, uh, gossiping about this for the Everybody next, worried you know, about what everyone's two thinking. decades, you know, um, did, did your parents, which that did happen. Did your parents drink a lot? Yeah. Um, my father uh, was a sales uh, rep for a paper company um, and my mother was a real estate broker and the my mother was more of a heavy drinker uh, partier, and my father was um, definitely just off the rails with alcohol. And then, in the, the mm. in, and you know, in the eighties, how you know, cocaine was basically a hell of a drug. Yep, and it, and it went hand in hand with every bottle of booze. You know, yeah. they, with with every handle of vodka, they gave you an eight ball of coke. You know, right. nineteen eighty four. But you how know? dare these drug addicts come into AA? Right, I know. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so you know, we're we're you know, I, I grew up with this, and, and so a lot of you know what I dealt with as a kid, you know, uh, I, I felt as though, you know, I wasn't, I was, I was much different from my peers. One, um, because in school uh, at a young age, I think it was the third grade, I had stayed back, um, and I was diagnosed with dyslexia, and um, you know. Uh, I had to go to special reading classes, and I felt inadequate to my peers. 
Um, so, so there was a lot of uncomfortability there where that's trauma. Yeah. So my friends who I played sports with, which I was very competitive in sports, Hmm. um, were great in school. And the only place that I could shine was, uh, you know, playing hockey uh, growing up, you know what I mean? That, that breakaway goal and, and putting it up over the goalie's shoulder was like, it, it came so natural. It gave me the relief, uh, that I was looking for, um, you know, Outside of any situation, any social situation made me feel uncomfortable unless I had a hockey stick in my hand and I was shooting a puck at a goalie. Mm. You know what I mean? Like every situation, whether it was with females or an oral presentation in front of the class or, you know, it was performance and we had to sing or, you know, play the violin or whatever the hell we had to do. I was just, I was scared to death. You know, so I, I grew up like that, and driven by a hundred forms of fear. Dri- uh, yeah, hundred forms of fear. Truly, uh, I, I think that encompasses a lot of it. And yeah. uh, so, my parents got divorced when I was really young, uh, probably about eight, eight to ten years old, uh, and then shortly after, um, my oldest cousin <coughs> Bobby had moved in with me. And uh, he was kind of taking on the role of, you know, uh, Mr. Mom, Big Brother type of so, thing. So yeah. you stayed with your mom? I stayed with my and dad. You, oh, okay. My <coughs> parents gave me a choice uh, who I wanted to stay with. My mother was the disciplinarian that made me do chores and, you know, kept me accountable. And my father was the, the, the friend um, that I had as a dad. Um, who would go up to his girlfriend's for the weekend and leave a hundred bucks on the kitchen counter? You know what I mean. Mm. And being a young kid, you know, uh, ten, twelve years old, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to burn the house down. My father knew if I had a hundred bucks, I'd be able to order a few Domino's pizzas and I, you know, a couple bottles of Coke, and I'd be fine. You know, and uh, you know, and then then my cousin moved in, and, and shortly after that. Um, you know, he was watching me from time to time, and he he liked to drink. He, he liked to party. Um, my this alcoholism, you know, rampant in in both sides of my family um, to to a point where uh, I think it may have contributed to some of their demise. And uh, so he stayed me with me for a while. And um, one weekend, his cousin Danny came up from SMU, and they were having a keg party. So I'm 13 years old at a college keg party, basically at my own house. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I, feel a part of, you know what I mean? Like, I, Well, I, you were a lot younger than them, right? I was a lot younger than them, okay. but, you know, the, the college girls were there, and, you know, oh, I'm yeah. 13, and, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is great. Yep. And, um, you know. You didn't have, a, like, a, another 13-year-old neighbor who was, like, a partner in crime? No, no. Well, yeah, n- not, <clears throat> not, not this night. Maddie said to tell you that Remy's watching. Excellent. They're, Lo- love you, Broski. They're they're all commenting. Derek, Howie, Maddie, everybody. Kristen, hi. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> See now he sidetracked. Yeah. So, um, thirteen college kids. Yeah, so you were thir- pulling college girls at thirteen. Yeah, right. I I would love that to have been the story, but that wouldn't be entirely honest. <laughs> no, because you're scared to death. I was scared definitely to scared to death. death. So uh, yeah. m- one thing led to another at this party, and everybody's having a great time. We're ordering, you know, Domino's pizza with pineapple and bacon. Oh, and, hell yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, keg beers uh, uh, being, f- you know, filled left and right. And I, I just looked over at my cousin, and I said, Bobby, I said, all right, if I have a beer. He said, oh, sure, you can have a beer. Yeah. And 13 years old, I had one beer, and it led to five more. And hmm. um, I remember at that moment, the relief... Ease, comfort, mm-hmm. fear. Um, <laughs> Your skin fit perfectly, I, I didn't somebody it? Somebody said the word trauma. We'll, we'll throw that as a cherry on top. Uh, everything completely dissolved and went away. And, and for mm. the first time, I felt uh, outside of a hockey rink, comfortable in my own skin. And uh, mm. it was the relief I had been searching for all my life. Um, and from that moment on, this obsession took over, this obsession of the mind, where every week went by and it was like, can you, you know, my friends kind of got hip to it and they're like, can your cousin get us, you know, a bottle of Purple Passion? Can your oh cousin- my God, Purple Passion. 
<laughs> How far are we going back? Yeah, Way this back. Is, this is getting romantic, right? Some Bottle Zima. You get some passion. Zima, too. Some yeah. Zima, some purple passion. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, or or uh, was it that, that Seagram's raspberry and throw a little vodka in there? Sun Country uh, wine cool. God. Sun Country. Yeah. Whoa. Or, uh, wow. Half and ref of 40s. Oh, uh, head wreckers. Yeah. Yeah, trying to figure out the caps. How about Mickey's? Indigestion. Mickey's oh, Big Mouths? Of course. Ah, love those. Of course. The Bumblebee. There's many, many a sad tattoo of that running around. <laughs> 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 the Bumblebee on the Mickey's bottle. Yeah. Oh. All right, uh, so anyway. now we go from 13 to how old? Well, 13, I mean... <sighs> That, that, so so right right away uh, the, so that the, that huge relief yes the, the and, and it wasn't it, it, I drank to get out of myself the mm. very first time time I decided to drink right yep. and, and and it slowly went from you know the 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 buzz to the bathroom smile to being obliviated in all of you know two three hours yeah oh yeah you know mm. and, and I felt great. And, uh, the so, bathroom smile. Yeah, you know, you go in the bathroom and you're just happy. You, you got a yeah, glow. You know, okay. It's like a glow, yeah, you know, the glow. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, you get that fucking... Yeah, exactly. The bathroom smile. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, so after that, it just became every weekend. Can your cousin get his beer? You know, a few of my friends had older uh, brothers, sisters, cousins, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, we'd pool all our money together. And um, then on the weekends, you know, we would buy as much alcohol as we possibly mm. humanly could. And this was a problem. And I, at the time, it just seemed harmless. But if you're planning Monday night in, you know, school, I mean, excuse me, Monday morning in school, like what you're going to do Friday night and it involves getting drunk and getting fucked yeah. up, you might have a problem. Well, yeah, right, I mean, right, already. But also, already. also, there was people that I did that shit with that grew out of that shit as well. Yeah, there's probably at most people, yeah. most kids you know, who I, are doing that. Some were doing that. Not everybody has that <laughs> allergy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Most people who were drinking like that were planning it. You know, they yeah. were looking forward to it. They did. They. That's the mm. problem. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, it was like you know, if you're if you're going out and having this unbelievable party, the rest of the life, real life sucks. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Fitzy. You, you want to just go out and ha- have that party experience again. Yeah. 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 You know? And it, like you blow right by that. Right. You know what I mean? You miss all. It's like that. The that, beauty that of life. feeling you get after the first couple. You want to just keep that going. But yeah. we just. We, we're just sloppy. like. The fucking yeah. turbo kicks in yeah. and you blow right by it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even. But you'll miss growing up. You miss the beauty of life. Oh you yeah, you miss everything. Of who you are, really? You know, it's not really who you are. That's a person who's uh, under the influence right. of poison. But that's, but that made your Literally. skin fit perfectly. It made you feel okay. You could, you could, you know that that fear falls away. It did, and, and you can, and and I definitely, uh, uh, it, it gave me the relief I had been searching for. Right, you know, through through my. Um, my actually my childhood <laughs> we'll start there and then uh you know my young adult life it, it definitely gave me the relief that i was searching for and i couldn't find that anywhere else other than you know sports hockey in particular miss you too howie <clears throat> sorry <laughs> um so now does this you drinking affect your sports no not at all um, you keep going with it. Drinking didn't affect my sports at all. Um, it didn't really affect much <coughs> of anything. I was, I pretty much, you know, um, I did, I did okay. C's and B's in school, and you know, I did okay except for like English class, which I was terrible in. Um, you know, I, I did okay, um, and you know, uh, then some of my friends who you know I started drinking with. Um, you know, regularly started smoking weed, and I think they were even doing like cocaine at sixteen. And um, you yeah, know, my I father was imagine. doing cocaine, so my friends knew like I had this like, like if you're doing cocaine, I'll just punch you in the face type of thing. You know, a little kid because my father was yeah. high on coke, and he used to get all screwed up, and you know, it. Uh, so it gave me like a, this like 
you can drink, but if you're doing coke, you're bad. You know what I mean, type of thing. Mm. But so he my, was doing it. Yeah, he was. He was. My yeah. father was. And my <coughs> friends were doing it, but they knew like not to like bring it in front of me. Mm. They knew not to like you know even mention the word. And kind of oh. back then, we were young. You I'm, know, confu- you I'm confused. I'm confused a little bit. It. So. Is you had an attitude of cocaine was bad? Or yeah, your yeah. Father did. No, no. My father did cocaine. My friends did cocaine, and at the time, like they didn't bring it in front of me, but they they said, "Well, if you want to try weed, you can." But what was like, your attitude towards cocaine? Um, my attitude was that it was like the worst thing you can do. It was as bad as heroin. Okay. You know what I mean? That was my attitude. I, I even thought like people that smoked weed were the biggest losers on the planet. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, we'll get more into that. But, you know, shortly after, I was I was smoking weed and then smoking weed every day and drinking and smoking weed together, which, you know, that's not really the best combination. It can be. Uh, yeah. I can, I can remember a couple times, like, going out drinking and then somebody put past a joint around and you are all of a sudden annihilated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember a couple if, of times. If I like smoked and then drank, I was cool. If I drank right. and then smoked, I puked right. every time. I, I just couldn't see. Yeah, I, I didn't have those lessons. I just every time I combined the two, I was all messed up. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it had to be either. had to be one or the other. Yeah, and uh, you know that weed, weed, you know, weed was something I did alcoholically. Um, I, I would smoke weed in the morning. I'd smoke weed before class. I'd smoke weed during class. I'd smoke weed. All day long. Blaze, During class? Blaze, yeah. Well, I'd, we'd, we'd run outside and tell the teacher. Yeah, go out to the bathroom. We'd a hall pass and, you know, um, we'd uh, be smoking weed. And weed was, you know, it, it was it was bad to be, you know, out of your mind and altered and, and, and under, you know, the influence of marijuana. But it, it never had um, the consequences that I found later on with uh, with. Oxycontin, especially, you know, mm. that was about three or four years later, you know, um, Oxycontin's hit the scene. I remember uh, we had taken, I had taken smoked weed, taken perks, taken Valiums, you know, drank beers, 16 through 17. And then, you know, a uh, kid I got weed from one time, he said, you know, I got this, you know, little 20 milligram Oxy. And mm. uh, I said, what the hell is that? He said, well, it's just, you know, essentially four Percocets in one So just chew pill. it. Well, chew it. Yeah, I think we started chewing it. Yeah. Yeah, like half of that. And, and, you know, those things right away got me annihilated. And, um, Mm. you know, take a 20 and split it in half. And, you know, you last yourself two days. And, you know, I had no idea really that, I mean, it's it's pharmaceutical morphine, pharmaceutical heroin. Um, Essentially, I was doing heroin and I didn't really know it. Yeah. You know, right? It's 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 funny uh, that people don't realize opiates are opiates or as far as your brain knows, yeah. you were doing heroin. But I know people that would tell themselves, "I'm doing perks, man. Yeah, I'm doing pills. I'm not. The, I'm not a heroin addict. That's right. the lie. Not, that's, that's the, the lie, lie that we tell ourselves. That's the right. lie. You know, yeah. and like for me, it was it was economics. It was money. Like I I started doing heroin really before the the perks like in the ocs came on the scene mm-hmm. i would get scripts of ocs and be like well, sell this yeah we know people that want these we'll get those get rid of those and we'll go get the dope yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? yeah okay yeah and and like i feel horrible because i i knew people that were like man i just spent like seven grand in three weeks it's like what yeah this is 10 bucks you know, yeah, that's like, what it. Yeah, feel horrible. That was the transition that, that, that really. I I had that that same thing, um, where you know uh, I had an, at least an eighty to one hundred and sixty dollar a day uh, oxycodone habit. You know, mm. and um, I was um, I, I was I didn't even I remember doing them for like six or seven eight months and not even like people would say like oh you start to feel sick afterward or. You know, and I'm like, I, I don't feel any of that. Yeah. And it took a long time for that, like, that that chemical hooks. Uh, and, so were that, you, like, just chipping, like, weekends and shit like that? Well, it was, it was probably at least three times a week. Yeah. You know, where I, I would do 
maybe 40 to 80 milligrams and this before the progression of it yeah you know where where it was like uh you know you had to do it in the morning you had to do it at 12 and, and that's you it, had to do it after dinner and that's you had to the do thing it to go to bed it, that's you know the thing I mean? it's like once you find out what dope sick is it's like a switch goes off in your head like yeah. i i used for a couple of years before i knew what dope sick was sure and then it's like oh and i didn't know like i just had it you know what i mean like Maybe I wouldn't have it for a day, and like fucking the next day I'd get it, and like not a big deal. I'd be like, you know, might have a crappy night's sleep, but once I found out what dope sick was, it was like <laughs> I wouldn't have anything, and I'd fucking oh, I'm, I'm starting to feel sick. Like fucking that mental, <laughs> mental yeah. that mental twist yeah, that that we have. Like mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be sick, but I'd be telling myself. Oh, I'd be in the mirror looking at my pupils. Oh, yeah, they're getting bigger. They're getting bigger. I need to get... You know what I mean? Yeah. But on top, I, on top of you, malnourished and dehydrated, too. So that maybe that added to it. Too. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know? I, I ran uh, around and if... I'd, I'd eat fucking four fudge rounds for the day. You know what I mean? Back when they were 25 cents and they were yeah. this big. You know? Yeah. Uh, I found, I found, I found Debbie's. as my progression went along, I, I got less and less tolerant of being sick. I used to be real sick and then go to work. Oh yeah, I I always worked, man. And then, then, but towards the end, especially in the last run I had, it was like I wasn't going to be sick. I wasn't going to have it. I just, Mm. you know, I wasn't going to deal with it. I I had no tolerance for 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 it. Oh, you get to the point where it's like, fucking work's in the way, man. I can't work. I got to fucking go out there and rob and cheat and steal and fucking. Yeah. Someone needs. Someone needs something. I'm going to get something out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Such a chore. Yep. Such a chore. The hottest job I ever had. And fucking for the last few years, I didn't even get high. I didn't get high. <laughs> you, I maintained. You're just getting off E. Yeah. Right. Got off E. Got just off E. Off then e. I'd smoke crack, be sick, fucking, you oh. know what I mean? Ugh. What, Disgusting. A, what about doing that when you were dope sick? That was the worst. Oh, yeah. Here, oh, I'm sick as a dog. Let me fucking crush up four Ritalin. Oh, yeah. When I was, <laughs> that'll, that'll save you. <laughs> oh. When I was, I was just telling a story about sick. Uh, doing a defense behind the Rockland um, skating rink. Mm. And, um, like, I had a business partner at the time. I was, like, 35%, and I was so dope sick. I was like, I can't work. I got to go. He's like, listen, just stay to the end. We'll get you some beer. That did not work. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't help at all, but I was, yeah. like, pounding But it didn't matter. Whatever, to get out of yourself, to not feel right. that feeling. Just oh, yeah. so awful. Such an awful, awful thing. You know, and I was trying. Somebody asked me what dope sick was like today, and I was like, "Well, it's like it's like having the flu, yeah. you know, and being weak but not being able to sleep." And yeah. and and the worst part was like that feeling of the electricity type feeling going through you, like where your muscles tighten up, mm. and you and you, you know what I mean. You lay in doing bed, the fish, yeah. <gasps> you lay in your bed, you <gasps> kicking Flopping. your feet, yeah. Oh my yep. god, doing it's kung so fu, bad, kicking like kung fu. It's <laughs> <laughs> so awful, yeah. And the, the cold sweats. And I can remember waiting in my car and then having to open the door, puke real quick, close the door, and then back my car over the puke spots. Nobody sees. So So now, what what brought you to the point where it's glamorous? Though you figured you figured that you needed to do something. Well, was it it your family that steered you towards it? No, no, no. Was it the puke spot? That that um, (laughs) I. The um, you know your your family saying you know get your act together, you know you have more to offer the world than than being a drug addict. Mm, yeah. Um, the uh, w- you know why can't you be like other members of your family that are productive members of society? Like for someone who's the real alcoholic, that that stuff doesn't work. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. There's there's a couple. There's a line and, in the book that talks about that shit. Yeah. Just adds to the guilt. And frothy and it, emotional appeals seldom exactly suffice. suffice. Yeah. Correct. And you know, um, not knowing what I I didn't know. I I didn't know that I was the real alcoholic. I was in denial. Mm. Um. Uh. Until I was able to have Derek sit down and explain this to me. What I was really up against, I was truly fucked. Yeah, because you had you had tried this right more it, than once, right? I, I well, I I would have told you I attempted the steps multiple times, maybe even a dozen times. I mean, 
there was quite a story and a tale that was spun around that that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we don't lie. Yeah. Junkies don't lie. <laughs> no, <laughs> Not at all. I had never done the steps, um, you know, um, prior to this. The steps? Yeah. yeah, I fucking walked up them on the way in house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, write, writing, reading a book and writing the steps out in a CSS in Plymouth at high point doesn't mm. count as doing the steps no I mean, mm. so, so i never pretty much right. did this right. that's like my experience with yeah. step work yeah <laughs> you know but i, I copying believe, it from the wall I, to your paper i, I believed <laughs> i believed the lie though yeah I, I oh yeah absolutely lie. and i i you know have you done the steps oh sure i've tried and they didn't work yeah there's lots of there's, <laughs> there's, there's lots of people around here you know yeah. what i mean and but also yeah. it talks about those people as well you know in in the literature like, yeah, meet, if you can just go to meetings and be okay and, and, and you know, well, for the heavy not drink, burn your fucking life down. For the heavy drink. Cool. Yeah. Well, there's also people who are alcoholics who work on themselves in other ways. Yeah. And find recovery in other right. ways. It's not right. the only way to recovery. Mm. But I, it sure is a good way. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I... <sighs> I, I can't say an, enough uh, about what the steps have done for me. Um, and, you know, you, you grew up with an ego that tells you uh, the world's supposed to revolve around you and everything's mm. supposed to fall into place yep. and everybody's yeah. supposed to act the way you want them to. Mm. Well, you know, going through these steps and realizing that God's always been in charge and the things that, you know... Um, mm have gone on in my life are happening for me and not happening to me. And God right. is actually in control and Ryan never was. Right. right. Um, and that, that's, that is like, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. At the same time as it's like, it's kind of a big relief, you know, not walking with the weight of the world on your yeah, shoulders anymore. Yeah. It's not my problem. It's God's problem. Right. I'm just going to do the best I can do every 24 and, hours. And, that's and it. when you get that's to right. a point in your life, when you can stop and look back and be like, all right, I know why that happened now. Yeah. You know, like you were, you were trying to run shit and you were just fucking creating detours and it'd have to stay you this way and stay you that way. Well, it's, it's know? also, it's never what happens. It's what you do with what happens. Mm. The reaction. It's your reactions. Your only power in life. It's, it's, it's everything. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was actually listening to Sun Guru today about react, reacting to life. You know, I I pop that stuff on whenever I can. You, you know, you tr try to put the right foot in front of the the other. You know, as best you can with God's guidance, and uh, and, and and the chips fall where they may. And when they fall, you do the same thing again. You put mm -hmm. the right foot in front of the other. Yep. With God's guidance, and you and you um, practice acceptance. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Right? It's not why is this happened. It's like, what am I supposed to learn from this? Right. You know exactly. And, and you know, I've said it so many times. The universe will provide you with the same lesson over and over until you <laughs> fucking learn it. Yeah. Until you learn it. Yeah. I you know. Yeah. For, for for me, it was a hundred times. I believe it's here, God here who in the Clark say, you with rise. Yeah. <laughs> All rise. All rise. <laughs> <laughs> so you so how did you end up how did you end up in uh situate um with, you know with that's this that, is, that is a great that's a great story I, I, yeah so, i want you to talk about that um yeah i had um um once upon a time i no well about two years ago uh, i had a friend of mine who i had called up went to high school with and um he uh i called him for uh, a loan uh, to start a marijuana grow operation. And he said, you Brilliant. Know, yeah, right? <laughs> no, you're going to grow hydro. It's my bright idea. I've got you know? a great idea. And uh, he said, he said, Ryan, he said, you know, I have my own business, blah, blah, blah. I got plenty of money. $2,500 is really absolutely nothing to me. And he said, but I'm, I'm not going to give you the money. He said, I could, could give you that money and more. If it was something productive and positive, you were going to do with it. Mm. Um, and he said, I, you know, I've been clean for three years, uh, you know, done, did the steps in AA. And he goes, he goes, you know, I'm really worried about you. He goes, why don't, why don't you consider hitting a detox? I said, Joe, I said, I, I, I just, I can't stop. I mm. said, this is going to have to involve the police again. 
Yeah, it did for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, me too. And uh, I, I, you know, for the longest time, I, I, I said the police were Ryan's problem. The police were Ryan's problem for profiling me, or if I zigged or zagged on the highway, and they all automatically wanted to pull me over for an OUI, OUI drugs, whatever they wanted to pin on me. Mm. I'm doing a field sobriety. <laughs> Every time I get pulled over, I'm doing a field sobriety, and I wonder why. Yeah. You know, God sent the police to stop me from hurting myself and others. Um, yeah. Today, I, I realized that. I realized that because I couldn't stop. And uh, so three arrests later, I, I called Joey back on the phone. I said, Joey, yep, those uh, <coughs> those arrests that I, I told you I needed, well, well, they happened. They came in. Yeah. The paperwork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the paperwork's paper in. <laughs> you, you, you got three new court cases to juggle over your head. Um, so he said, well, uh, where are you now? I said, I'm out in Chicopee. You know, I got, I got a place out here. I can't just abandon my place. And yeah. I, got, I got a car in the driveway and a little chihuahua. Like I, I can't in leave Chicopee. all this. And, and I got a girlfriend in jail because she, she, she likes to be a kleptomaniac. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. I got to bail her out. You know, he goes, no, he goes, I'm going to pawn the he, chihuahua. He goes, <laughs> he goes, you don't need any of that stuff. Mm. And you know, I was like, you know. I got yeah, my own little house I'm renting. But that's the the, that's the bullshit. The that's the bullshit. Yeah, and we, I thought that I can't was all do, important. I can't do this. I have too much going yeah, on. I got too much going on. Yeah, you got a fucking car with no insurance. Yeah. You know what I mean? The thing's fucking probably uh, barely running. Probably yeah. behind on your bills. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Let the fucking shit go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody yeah. had to take the so, dog. What he, what he yeah. told me to do, what he told me to do was he said, look, he said, I'm going to give you a suggestion, and, and it's basically a surrender. He said, and you just ask God to help you because you can't manage your own life and blah, 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 mm. blah. And mm. uh, basically I said, you know, God, please help me. Uh, and there was some adjectives that were added to that. And, um, you know, get me out of this yeah. this mess of a life I've created for myself. Yeah, tea, with. teabag Catholicism. You only pray when you're in hot water. Yeah, so <laughs> so there was definitely the foxhole prayer that was mm-hmm. actually a surrender. And um, cool. I, I threw up the white flag and I waved it. And uh, God knew at that moment that Ryan was had the willingness in the big book we talk about the willingness of yeah. a drowning man. I truly had the gift of desperation at you know forty or forty one years old, mm. and uh, where where I truly had enough, and everything I thought ended up in the same result: uh, a pair of handcuffs, a court case, uh, uh, jail bars, some Bob Barkers. Um, you know, uh, it just yeah. And, um, you know, that I, I just, I wasn't willing to accept that in my Bob life. Bob Barker's of the Bobos? Yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob Barker right. is essentially pretty much a- anything prison branded, isn't it? Yeah, pretty for much. For the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Oh, yeah. all right. You get them Velcros or the, or the yeah. I didn't even know. Flip-flops. You know, I found out in detox, <laughs> the Bob Barker's are actually Bob Barker, the talk show host. And a yeah. lot of people don't know that. You know mm. what I mean? I thought they like it was some you know joke. You know what I mean? Like it's not really Bob Barker. It's like some guy that owns a company. No, it's actually the game show host and whatever racket he's in on. But he's doing all right. For yeah, himself. right. <laughs> Price is wrong, bitch. Oh God. So yeah, it, it's anyway. Shower shoes. And- yeah, you, you're doing. You're doing life on the installment plan you know what i mean it's like right. these you keep catching these stupid skid bids you know like fucking yeah. six months here and, and nine months God, there, 30 caught, days I never 90 caught for that that weed operation and those thousands of pounds i was transporting mm. yeah <laughs> i would have been yeah. upstate for a long time yeah mm. <laughs> oh god you know and uh so essentially this all came down to the surrender more or less and um mm. With this surrender, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but God answered this prayer because I was sincere. And Joey got me an Uber from Chicopee to Jamaica Plain. <laughs> Detox. Buck 50 Fuck. Uber yeah. right there. Yeah. So he, What's that? The Faulkner? Uh, what Faulkner Hospital? Andrews? JP? Yeah, oh, Andrews. JP. Oh, and then they transferred me from there to uh, Stoughton CSS. 
um, and about a week into which that, is also Andrew, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Both yeah. Andrew House, and uh, so about a week into that stay, uh, Maddie B and Derek uh, Derek Q came in, and they did this commitment. <coughs> and I remember seeing something these guys had that it was the first time I think I, I they had something about the way they talked, their experience. Uh, Derek's experience paralleled mine in so many ways with mm. with you know his soccer story and, and you know it, it it just reminded me of what I went through. In you hockey. get the you get the gift of identification. Yeah, and, mm. and, and on top of that, he he talked about his you know progression through you know uh, Percocets and Oxycontin and Maddie B's mm. story was similar. And these what? guys these guys were all right. They weren't like you know we got to go meet Flacco after this you know mm. commitment. Yeah, so I'm right. like, and I'm they like, weren't, and they weren't like we're purely alcoholics, and we don't really identify with you if you did drugs, which is something that you encountered right. early they, on they, in they your act, AA. Yeah, and true, and they actually identified with AA, and they were, um, for the most part, I think you know they may have done opiates and some cocaine. Yeah, right. You know mm. what I mean? Right. But they were AA guys. So I, I got both their numbers, and um, I was there for about another month, and then I got transferred to a Lynn TSS, which I had a really tough time with. They they kind of there's just too many people there, and it's a really small building, and it's run like a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I like literally was ready to like sail a dive out the third floor window. And uh, finally, I just called my friend and said, "Listen, I, I don't even want to use. I just need to get the hell out of here." And he said, well, you might have to. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, just, you know, get get an Uber out of there and just grab a nip at the store and then just check yourself back in a, you know, Jamaica plane and, and do it all over again. And, you know, this 45-day process went by where I was just going insane. And, uh, wow. you know, it was it was everything that was bothering me. It was, it, was, it was the staff's fault. It was the clients that were from South Boston that were pissing me off. It was, um, you know, the food sucked. We had stuffed peppers like like three times a week to the point where I wrote a grievance to uh, Andrew House. And they, they don't serve stuffed peppers anymore. <laughs> so I actually did a service. And, um, the fuck's wrong with stuffed peppers? <laughs> no, <laughs> no they, these, were, these were just... Uh, I bet. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it. Mm. And uh, so, you know, 45 days of this uncertainty uh, and absolute insanity and emotional disturbance of, um, you know, being separated from your drug of choice. Um, I I came to that point where uh, I think God needed to break me again, where I needed to turn to him. I, I think God breaks us down so we turn to him. And then when we turn to him, we start to do his will. Well, I had no answers. I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't know what prayer was. I, 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 yeah. I just I didn't understand it at all. And I still don't understand it, but I just understand it a little better than I did then. Mm. And I prayed. I said, God, I said, uh, you know, please fucking help me. I, I said, I got no answers. Either, either help me today or end this madness, you know. Um, and that was it. And then uh, you know, this little voice in my head says, call Derek. Well, I got his number 45 days. Now I'm riddled with fear. You know, I got to reach out to someone in AA. I haven't called him. He saw him 45 days ago. I, I wasn't I wasn't assertive in calling him right away. Mm. You know, and, and then I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I'm just going crazy. That's my head playing tricks yeah, on right. me. That was nothing. That wasn't an answer to a prayer. That was nothing. And uh, about another two days went by, and I prayed again. I, I felt the same way, that same emotional disturbance. Can't, you know, can't digest your emotions. And um, you, you don't respond to things in a healthy way. You know, that's mm. where I was. Um, and then separated from my drug of choice. You know, I had no answers. And this kid seemed to have answers. And I prayed again and God said, call Derek. And in the meantime of this happening, I had been trying to get into um, the Brook Retreat. Yeah. Um, yep. And it was wintertime. Their, their generation of funds is during the summertime through a golf tournament. And a friend of mine had already been like, you know, promoted to manager in the house and he had been through the steps and he was a temporary sponsor, sponsee of mine. And I, I just, I was like, this kid's on fire. I'm like, I got to go to this Brook Retreat. 
and I couldn't get there. And I called Derek on the phone, and I said, Derek, look, I'm trying to get into this re- retreat. I've been talking to Jeff Chase and Corey guys and these these uh, you know programs up in Portland, these programs in Plimpton. You know, I'm all I, I just need a solution, and I've never tried the steps. And he said, he said you're trying to get into a retreat. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, we just we just opened one up in Situate a week ago. Mm. This mm. was all after the prayer, too. Right. You know what I mean? So, like. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of, like, validated these, you know, this this thought that I had in my head that I needed to call Derek. And that was actually some sort of divine intervention that was, was coming through to me. And, yeah. And, you know, since then, you know, Derek um, is... The, the best step study sponsor I've come across. And uh, he he opened that book up and he broke that <clears> down in a way that um, someone who has learning disabled, uh, disabilities and who can't read the book and understand it the way he explained it and explains it right on a level that you understand it, um, mm. it, it, it enlightened me to start to gain a little bit of knowledge and then then realize that like the more you start to learn about this the more you learn about spirituality the more we become you know enlightened people and then all of a sudden these these things like this you know god removed this uh this obsession that we have um you know of you know getting outside ourselves with uh mind and mood altering substance things yeah. Things. Well, uh, doesn't have to be just human. substances. We're human. I mean, doesn't have to be just it substances. Can, it can manifest itself in any anything. Yeah, you, you can know? fill that hole with anything. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, it, literally yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I'm coming up on um, coming up on a year uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and nice. you know, you heard the beginning of my story uh, since I was 13 years old. Um, I've never had a year of anything um, that was productive to the, the way this this past year has been. And um, going through these steps, um, I, I can't say uh, enough about, uh, you know, AA and big book step study and mm. how it's changed my life forever, no matter what happens. Right. It has changed cool. me and set me on a path I do not want to deviate from. I was afraid that I was the guy last year that was going to meetings. I was sitting in the back of the room, character assassinating the speakers. And I had that mm. reservation, that fear, and ever again. You know, and today, I'm like, mm. I'm like, that reservation doesn't even exist. I'm, I'm just like. Which reservation is that? Well, the, the, the reservation of, you know, uh, when, 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 when a drug addict, an alcoholic, they're removed from their substance of choice. There's this reservation that pops in the back of the head when they hit an AA meeting because these these people in AA or NA they tell you, zit, you know, you made it. Oh, so you. But the good news is you made it and you're still alive. The bad news is this is a never again program. So this is so you're mm. thinking your reservation is what you mean is you're thinking that you're going to use again at some point. Well, or no, that that he can never use again. Well, that that's what I mean, and, you know? and I'm uh, and I'm more or less looking. Um, down the path of like this is where I want to go. So it's um, more like a fear. Yeah. He's, he's, well, yeah. No. He well, what, 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 what I'm saying is 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 state of mind. Um, more or less, like if you're going, if you're the real alcoholic and you're going to meetings, okay, and you are not living with a solution, a spiritual solution. Um, I pray multiple times a day. Um, you know, I I. Am involved in step study, meaning you know the twelve steps. If I'm not doing a ninth step, I'm trying to do a tenth step. Um, I'm trying to do service work. I'm trying to go out to detox. I'm trying to outreach. These are the things that I never did before. You know the three sides of the triangle. Mm. Um, and encompassing that in your life, it removes that reservation that 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 we had when we we entered AA. And I'll tell you what, I was scared to death when they said, you know, you can't fucking drink a beer or, or smoke a joint ever again. I was like, what? I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. You know what right. I mean? Like, like, and, and then like, now I'm just like, you know, none of that stuff. Even though like it was okay, I really didn't even like it all that much. But it's, I mean, but it's not. It's it's not a, th- a thought anymore no it, it 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 in you know the situations that that 
you know, I, I get to the point where I'm like, I'm like just out of my mind over a situation. It's like, that's not an option. Like I, I need to, uh, I think they say learn to cope. You know what I mean? Learn to cope with, you know, what you're feeling emotionally inside. Um, and process that, digest those emotions, react to it in a positive way and get through it. You know what I mean? And and it's not easy. You know, it, it's not easy. Well, I think I think uh, one of the, mo- the biggest key to that process is acceptance. Acceptance of the present moment. Mm-hmm. So it's the serenity prayer, right? You, you have to if you can't do anything about it, you have to accept it. You just like accept the things you cannot change. That's why we pray God will help us to accept the things we cannot change. Accept the present moment completely as it is, because it is what it is. Yep. And then you do everything, having done all, except, you know, you do every, and then you do everything you can to um, to live the best life you can. Yeah. You know, uh, acceptance is huge. It's a huge part of uh, yeah. of that process. You know? Yeah. It, it, because most of the time when we're you know, not feeling okay. It's because we're 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 trying to force something or force our fight will against on something. It. Yeah, yeah, fight, fight against, against what is. You it's know? just the same thing you're talking about. I think what you meant by reservation is you were tr- having a hard time accepting that you were an alcoholic who was going to start that process over again of going back to detox every time you picked anything up. And that's what I, I mean. For me, that's what it was. It's like it's like I can't drink again. I can never use again. Yeah. Right. And you, you, you're like, fuck that. But that's reality. That's, that's, you, you, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to go back. It's going to, progression's going to pick up where you left off. You're going to end up in detox if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you know, or jail or death. Yeah. And, and that, it's hard to accept that when we first come in. It's like, first thing I had to accept was that being a heroin addict made, made me not have, be able to drink. Mm. And I figured that one out by, Experimentation. Yes. <laughs> Every yeah. time I went out little, back drinking, little it would lead to uh, yeah. you know cocaine. Back, but back in the R and D, you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think acceptance is huge. I think it's it's hard. It's it's one of the grief processes when someone dies. Yeah. Eventually, exactly. you come to acceptance, and that's when you feel better, right? Mm. So yeah, we're about anyway. there. Oh yeah, we are. Um. It was awesome having you on. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I I'm just so so. Yeah, it's real quick. Like out of all this, like you started your own little business. Like you you, you helped you you grow in weed. A weed grow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's legal. I am. I know. After all that stuff I did illegally with marijuana, now it's legal. And yeah. you know what? Now I don't even want anything to do with it. Yeah. Isn't that ironic? So so like you you do something that you love, right? What do you um, do? Real right quick, now, and if you got a website I, or or something, plug I, that well, shit. Well, I just yeah. no, I, I, we don't need to promote anything. I'm 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 doing yeah, we okay. do. <laughs> that's that's, that's I, part of the my, deal. The, the name of uh, my, uh, I guess eBay store is Newport Treasures II. Um, Beautiful. And um, yeah, I sell, I resell antiques, uh, vintage stuff, um, vintage Star Wars. Oh, cool! Serious. Yeah, yeah, very serious. I know. And uh, they were talking about it earlier. Oh God! What was a? What was that shit you had set up on the table at the house? Couldn't oh. think of the name. So yeah, I what's, I went to a yard sale, and this is the crazy thing. Like what the hell? You know, what were they called? That was those were Ben Ten action figures. No, 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 Ben Ten. No, it was, was the it? Playmobil. Playmobil, yes, you that's what it was. Playmobil, Playmobil. yeah, you had the whole fucking table yeah. set covered yeah. with them, didn't you? Yeah, it looked like I was about, I don't know, six years old again, and I'd done uh, Playmobil setup. And Reliv- like, reliving his childhood. Yeah, there was literally <laughs> like I don't know, two hundred and fifty pieces thereabouts, and you know, I ended up getting a couple hundred bucks for all that stuff. Yeah, and I think I paid like forty bucks, so I did all right on that. So Newport Treasures II, yeah, on so it's eBay. Two. It's Newport Treasures too. My mother's is Newport Treasures one. Oh, She's, okay. Yep, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm like the. So not the letter two. No, Roman numeral two. Well, it's Roman numeral. I guess it is Roman numeral two, but it's lowercase, so it's II. Okay. Yep. So nice. and, and you like. 
you enjoy it. Well, you know, I do. And, and, and what, what I really like is the, um, you know, the, the, the feeling you get when you, when you go into, you know, an estate sale, a flea market, um, and, and you come across something that you pay very little for that turns out to be worth, you know, mm. two, three, four, five hundred bucks. Are it, we going to see you on Storage Wars? Is that what you're saying? Storage American you know, Pickers. This, this, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the American pickers. Yeah, and, oh, it's uh, a great show. I, I sell other stuff. Um, I'm not into the signs. I wish I knew more about those antique and vintage signs they yeah. sell. Um, that is quite they they put that um, you know side of the vintage antique market, you know. Oh, yeah. To like, you know, Star Wars, yep. uh, you know, category where, you know, you get a vintage Star Wars. It doesn't matter if it's like, if it's a little gun that, you know, went to an action figure, it could be worth like 20 bucks. Right. You know, just a little gun. You got a pile of guns, you could be worth like a grand. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. like just a pile of little guns from, you know, 77 <laughs> or 76. Okay, just so you know, you're giving away all your secrets. Right? Nah, yeah. listen, there's no secrets here. <laughs> there's no secrets here. All right. All right. So, Ryan Carey at, and, Newport Treasures, I, 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 if you're looking for some vintage yep, on stuff. on eBay. I, I, um, Captain. I, I. Um, once again, lolterms.com. Please like, subscribe. subscribe, share. Um, and like we always say, if anyone is interested in coming on here and sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us and everyone else, please Hit us up. reach out to us. Message the, the group page. Message us personally. Whatever. Um, and that's all. That's all, people. Wrap this thank up. you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yes, and, thank uh, you, Ryan. Uh, peace. Peace. I live in